Hey entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? Like many of us, I'm sure you're feeling it. Business is hard, and now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not just survive, but thrive. And it can happen as simply as thinking with the end in mind. I'm Marcia Reiner. I'm a business growth strategist. I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees increased profitability, it guides your growth, and plans for a future exit. Because a business worth selling is also a business worth owning. And I want to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. But before we get started, I have something to share with you. I've put together an insightful and think outside the box masterclass. It's a brief 15-minute training specifically designed to help you learn how to get your business sale ready, even if you aren't thinking of selling it. Why now? Join me and find out all the benefits that come with having a sale-ready business. Register for free at scale, the number two, sell.biz. All right, so I'm really excited on our topic today. So my guest is Brandon Lebowitz, and Brandon runs and operates SEO Optimizers since 2007. Okay, friends, he looks like a kid, so he must have started when he was 10. We are, they are a digital um, uh, marketing company that focuses on helping small and medium-sized businesses get more online traffic, which turns and converts into clients, sales, leads, etc. So welcome to the podcast, Brandon. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on and share some knowledge about SEO with everybody. Perfect. Perfect. So how did you get into the online marketing world and, and helping businesses grow? I know that that's a, a neat space to be in. It's very fun, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, no, just kind of fell into it. Wasn't planning on it. Got my degree in business marketing. And after I graduated from college, got my first job and they wanted me to do digital marketing. And I was like, I don't really know much about this. So they're like, don't worry, we don't know much either. I was like, really? Okay. They're like, we're going to take your like classes and workshops and kind of learn with you. I was like, all right, this is kind of interesting. This is back in 2007. So I was helping them out with their SEO, doing social media, doing email marketing, helping out with paid ads. I was kind of doing everything, even like taking pictures of the products. And <laughs> wow. Yeah, taking care of it all back then. And that's why I kind of realized that SEO is a way to get free traffic. And all those things I mentioned definitely work. I'm not saying don't do them. Like paid ads, email marketing, they're all very effective. But I was kind of stuck more with the search engine optimization because it's a way to get free traffic. And who doesn't want free traffic? If you have to pay uh, Google or Facebook, it's going to add up really quick. Whereas with that free traffic, it just keeps on coming. Oh, I love that idea. And yes, it is so true. You know, when you start getting into those paid ads, I mean, unless you really have it dialed in and know all the nitty gritty secrets that you have to put into your ad, to even get it to be interesting to somebody, let alone your ideal perfect client. I mean, you spend so much money on it. Why are we doing that when we can just do it free, right? Yep. It adds up very quickly. I remember when right. we had agencies and seeing sometimes it, a month spend would be like 20 million a month and they're like a medium-sized advertiser to Google. And like it's like a hundred dollar cost per click. They're like a big, big client, but still like every click is a hundred dollars for this industry. Like it's it's crazy how wow. that just exhausts your budget. And like for SEO, my keywords would be twenty to fifty dollars per click. It adds up so fast. That's why I'm like, if I could get you up there for free, let's stick with the free route versus. Oh, I mean, I'm all down it. for free. 
Yeah. We're, we're all down for free. I mean, most of the business owners out there that um, are at least in my lane are kind of bootstrapping it. You know, they're trying to figure out how can I pay my employees? How can I, you know, make profit off this company and, and do the things? And what better way to offer them a solution where if they're just aware of their client, you know, and who that client is, they can really align those keywords nicely and get tons of free traffic. So really excited about this. All right. So when it comes down to choosing those keywords, mm -hmm. how do we go about it? I mean, I say things and that doesn't mean they're going to say those things and be able to find them, right? That is a big thing. There's a lot of people coming to me saying, I want to rank for this keyword. And then I throw it into the different tools that show you how many people actually search for that keyword every single month. And Come to find out that maybe only 50 people search for that word. Where <laughs> we use a single, like a plural or a synonym, might get 5,000 searches. Like little changes like that have a big impact on search volume, like synonyms, plurals. So doing keyword research using, there's a ton of different tools out there, but Google has one that's free. It's called the Google Keyword Planner. It's free from Google. So I would trust that over all the other tools. All the other tools, take the data from Google Keyword Planner and make it look prettier and nicer. So it's easier to read it, but you have to pay a premium for that. So it's up to you if you want to use that or not the Google Keyword Planner, throw those keywords in there and check them out. See what the search volume is and make a big list of keywords. Like you could throw as many keywords into that tool and the more you do, the better. I even tell people like spying your competitors. That's the easiest way to do SEO because everything's out in the open if you know where to look. So the best way is wow. just... Yeah, search in Google, go to Google, type in your keywords and see what other people use as that blue clickable link. That blue clickable link is called the SEO title tag. And that's where they're putting all their keywords. So you could look for patterns and trends and see like, is everyone using the singular or the plural or are they using just a completely different word that I never thought of and make a list of as many keywords as possible and then throw it into those tools and then figure out which ones are the most relevant and which ones have buyer intent. That's also kind okay. of- so, so you just threw a lot of things at us here. So hang on a second. Um, so there's Google Keyword Planner that if you know the, the direction you want to head with your keywords, you can put that in there and it'll help you create a list, right? Yep. And it shows okay. you how many people search for that keyword every single month. So you can see Got it. 300 people search for this or five people search for it or 500,000 <laughs> people search for it. So it'll tell you those numbers and that helps you figure out is this a good one? Should I go after it or should I skip it? Or if there's only five people searching for it, maybe that keyword is really, really targeted to your business. And you know, if you get those people to sign up, you're going to get a really good return on investment. So sometimes you go for the lower search volume, but usually you want to find something with maybe like a couple hundred minimum searches. Okay. Like got it. Okay. So you said Google keyword, but then you said that there was something in there with the blue link. Tell, tell me about that one. What is that one again? Yeah, so searching in Google, search your keywords in Google and see what other people, whoever's on that first page of Google, they're not there just by luck. They're doing SEO and you could see that blue clickable link is called the SEO title tag and that's where they're putting all of their keywords. So you could just eye on all the matters and see what they put in there because if they're on that first page of Google, they probably have a team, especially if you see like big corporations like Amazon or Walmart or Target, like those are big companies. They're spending time looking at these keywords or Wikipedia. They're not just guessing. So they have a whole team of people where you could see what they've used. Then I would still double check in the Google Keyword Planner because things happen, trends happen. Maybe there's a new variation of that word. So I don't always just double check. You never know. You never know what's Got it. Happening. 
So that's just right in regular Google search. You don't even have to go into um, into the Google Ad Planner. You can you can get that part on the Google search. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, so when we're starting, there's there's always that kind of relevance over, or or we're using relevance over just the word that I think, right? So how do we? I mean, because so many people will put like a broad name like business, you know, or marketing, <laughs> but then there's relevance to exactly what you're doing. How detailed should we get in the relevance of what we're really searching for um, or what we're hoping they're searching for? Yeah, no, definitely. Longer is better. So the more words that you're searching for, the more targeted. So if someone's searching for like <clears throat> shoes or like men's shoes or running shoes, doesn't really give you too much information. There's like a lot of different things that could be meaning that. So those are more like broad keywords where it's like one or two words where more okay. generalized, there's no real intent behind that. Someone searching for running shoes, they might want to buy running shoes, but might want to know like, what are running shoes? What are the different materials? Like there's a million different things it could mean. So someone searching for like men's running shoes, size 10, color white, like it's a long, very specific search, but that they're ready to make a purchase. They're looking for that shoe, that size, that color. They're ready to have the intent. So definitely get as granular. It's called long tail, long tail keywords. Those are the Got ones it. that we want to focus on. Even though they might get less people searching for it, that person is ready. You want to get in front wow. of them right at that moment. So definitely get as deep as possible. You want to rank for all of them. I mean, essentially the broad ones are kind of iffy because half that traffic that's going to come to your website, they're not going to be looking for your product or service. So that also looks negative to Google. It's like, we're sending you all this traffic and then people leave the bounce rate. And if Google mm. sees a lot of people come to your website and leave immediately, that shows Google, maybe you aren't the most relevant. Maybe you shouldn't be up here. So that's also a downside. You want to have people come to your website that are targeted, that are going to stay on your website, that want to actually use your product or service or watch your video or whatever it is that you're promoting. Love it. Love it. So um, long tail that you mentioned, the keywords that are long tail. Are those individual words or is that that whole sentence, the quote, one word, one keyword? No, each word is an individual word. So if you're like, okay. best running shoes, that'd be three words. Oh, nice. Okay. So they'd be someone who put in best running or best shoes still might come in there. there if, you know, so you're getting that. Okay, cool. So you just, you just brought up a, a, an idea to me or a thought that um, I don't think everybody realizes when they create their website. And I know that's not your total gig, but you know we, we have to talk about the website itself and having enough information on there where maybe they would stay a little while, right? Whether it's a video or a blog or, or an audio recording or just really important information that they can go through. What's, I mean, when we're talking about keywords, do we, do we put the keywords like inside of the document we're doing that's on our website or in, in on the page somewhere? Where can we hide keywords on our website? Yep, so one thing you just said is hiding keywords. You don't want to hide keywords because Google okay. hiding these keywords. They're going to penalize you. And instead of ranking really? higher, you're going to go down and rank. So like if you have a website. So, so I was just thinking that because remember years ago, like maybe in the early O's, you'd see at the bottom of the website, like all these words that were all printed mm -hmm. all the way down to the, to the bottom. I mean, that's what I thought quote hiding was. So you don't want to do that, right? No. Well, you can put the content there. Just don't make it like font size 0 0.001. And then like <laughs> your website's white, you make the font white, or if it's black, you make it black. So it blends in. That's where you get, but you could have content at the very bottom. That's why I always tell people is you need to have content. So Google feeds off content. They're algorithm. They need text. They need the more content. 
the better they're going to be able to read your website. But for people, people don't want to read a lot. Like usually you want to put about like 400 words of content, which most people don't want to read that much content. So I always say put like at the top of your website because you have to keep people interested. It's a value proposition. Like what are you getting out of coming to my website? Like tag kind of slogan. Don't have a big banner ad because or because most people don't scroll. Like right. 90% of people don't scroll down on the website. So if you're making them scroll down, it's called above the fold. Once you start scrolling down, that's below the fold. Most people never scroll down. So put all your impertinent top, the call to action, your phone number, a form, whatever you're trying to do, make sure it's above the fold. And then below the fold, that's where I kind of put the stuff for SEO, like the content with the keywords in it, because most people never scroll, but Google reads from top to bottom. So Google will see from top to bottom. They're not going to stop halfway through your page. So they're going to read all that content. And they'll understand what that page is about. And at the top, you could have a video or you could have whatever you want where it's like easier for people to digest it. People are pretty, have short attention spans nowadays. So you gotta go. I was just gonna say, yeah, nobody wants to read the long sales letter that we used to have in times past, but that information is still really important, right? So you yep. can provide it to them in two different styles, whether it's a video and the content that you're writing out. So that way, does Google... Um, scan or, or troll through the video to get words or no? Uh, well, Google owns YouTube. So if you are throwing a video up there, make sure you use YouTube and embed it on your website. And ah. Google's trying to get better at it, but they struggle with images and videos. They can't really read them. They're getting better, but got it. sometimes like YouTube, I'll throw a video up on YouTube and then they'll try to throw the closed captions or subtitles up and it gets it maybe like 80, 90% of the time. I don't know if you've tried it, but it's not perfect. So that's Google. They're trying to figure out how to read it, but they don't fully read it. So if you have a video, I was, if you're doing YouTube, I would transcribe your video and throw that text in the description because then oh, that's brilliant. We'll read it fully. Like it's really, the more you spoon feed the search engine or all these are just algorithms. They're just robots. They're not that smart. They need your help. They need you to give them <laughs> as much information as possible. The more you give them, the better you'll be able to read it and the more they're going to reward you and give you those higher rankings. So just spoon feed them as much as possible. Help them out. <laughs> help out the, help out the bazillion dollar computers to, to find your page. I think it's what you're, you're helping yourself with that. So that's a mm -hmm. fantastic recommendation. I never really thought to put both the video and the text to it in a transcribe form. And there's so much easy ways to transcribe. I mean, Otter or, you know, the video transcriber inside of YouTube and so on can, can get it in there. And you said you got to clean it up a little bit, but yeah. that's a, that's a cool way to get both sides of the traffic and interesting on there. So love this stuff. This is really good. And I think that also helps. Um, I do, you know, I post my podcast on my webpage um, as an RSS feed, but mm -hmm. You know, I probably, I'm probably hurting myself because I'm not transcribing the entire podcast and then putting the feed in the notes, which I hear I should be doing. Um, what are your thoughts on that? That's kind of the same thing, right? Yep. I would definitely do that if you can transcribe that, throw it in whatever platforms you're on, but just have that in the description, that transcript, because that really helps all these platforms out because they just, they're struggling. They're trying to understand it, but they're not fully there. It's like the voice to text on the cell phones. We'll do it, but it's not, I mean, it's getting so much better the past couple of years. It's really, really good, but it's not perfect yet. So they still need that extra little human touch to fix it and tweak it and make those little adjustments. The funny thing is they can never say my name. They never say Marcia. It's always Marcia. 
So when you're when you're going to Syria and you say, call Marcia, it says calling Marsha. So <laughs> yeah, that's Google. We gotta get them on the phone and figure it out. Like I know <laughs> different enunciations. That's why they're just robots and they're not there that's yet. Funny. The more data they get over the years, the better they're gonna be able to really and out. that data has to really truly be in the form of written text, right? When we're talking about data and using these specific keywords of what my my conversation is or what my message is, it has to be written out in a way that is attractive to your reader, but as well the robot reader on Google and the search engines out there and even, you know, even Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you're putting your your information out, it's gotta be, it's gotta be readable. And that becomes a challenge. It's a balance of doing it for the yeah. search engines and for people. Like what yeah. I don't want to put all that content, 400 words, I have to put on each page of my website. It's going to make it look ugly. Like web developers and SEOs are always like, eh, do we really want to put this much text? But if you want to rank on Google, you want to get that free traffic, then we kind of have to do that. But that's why I always say, just put it at the very bottom of your website. Just don't hide it. But or at the very bottom, which is kind of hiding it, but it's not really like font size 0.001. That's where Google's like, or, or white on white and black on black. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of like, we see what you're doing and uh, that's, no, no, can't be doing that. So it used yeah. to work in the past, but it's not going to work. Yeah, anymore. of course, of course. So, all right. So 400 words on each page of your website to make it attractive to Google. Is that the max? Is that the minimum? Is that the sweet spot? What is that number? That's just the average. But if you really want to know, you have to go into Google and search for your keywords and open up all the websites on that first page of Google and see how much content they have. And mm. if everyone's writing 800 words, you should write 900 words. If everyone's writing 100 <laughs> words, if everyone's writing 50 words, then you don't need to put hundred words. So, but 400 is kind of like the average, the more, the better. It has to be 100% original. That's also a very, very important. It has to be hundred percent unique. If it's been copied from another website or from another page or from social media, like you do a blog post on so or post a con some content on social media and copy it over, that could be duplicate content. Google actually penalize you because they really? want original content. They don't want duplicate content because if you're searching on Google and you get the same, like you're searching on Google, how to keep this, like how to plant a cherry tree and the same 10 articles appear. It's not a good user experience. Like I want different perspectives, different point of views, different opinions. I don't want the same 10 articles. So Google feed, whoever published it first, they get all the credit. After that, everyone else that's taking it and copying it is potentially going to get hit with a penalty from Google for duplicate content. Interesting. So is that like, you know, you're bringing back the horrors of my college experience, writing papers and having to go through plagiar plagiarism checker, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. to see if you had three words that, you know, were the same as somebody else put those three words or that sentence. Um, do they go into the concept of the topic and the framework or do they go word for word for word in there to analyze it? That part Not that I steal but, stuff, but, you know, I mean, it's hard to write a totally creative, you know, blog post that is 100% your own in your own form without having it been, you know, a paragraph or, or a couple of lines from somewhere else. I mean, yeah, so, right? Yeah, no, Google will understand a little bit. Like, imagine you're selling blue jeans and you're like, I got to write a product description for blue jeans. It's going to be really tough. Like, how, what do I write about these? Like, they're the best, they stretch well, they fit well, they last long, but... After a while, you're going to be repeating yourself. So Google understands there'll be some duplications, but there's going to be things that overlap where people quote one another. So it's okay, uh, but if the majority of your content is duplicated, that's where Google's going to be like, no, 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 this is not good. And there's a free tool. It's called Copyscape. 
So copyscape.com will check your content. I don't even check URLs. So you can put your blog post in there and see if anyone's copied your blog post. Then you can reach out to them and be like, hey, you take in my content, can you give me That's credit? That's copyright. <laughs> yeah, come in there and be like, what are you doing? Don't steal my content. Give me credit or like see what's going on. But Copyscape is a great tool. It's free. And then if you want to do like the paid version, it's like eight cents to check for like in depth, which is eight not cents. too bad. I'm sure everyone could afford not, it. Not bad at all. <laughs> right. And you know, when when you're striving to get higher ranking on on Google for a keyword search. And your content is your original, but someone got there before you or took your information and writing on your coattails. I mean, those are things that, you know, you want to, you want to, you want to check for because they could have better opportunity to jump ahead of you stealing your ideas. So mm-hmm. interesting, interesting, the game you have to play to get good ranking. But in all honesty, Google's the number one search engine. People go to Google to type in anything that they're searching for, right? And if you want to sell your product or solution, you got to have the presence out there, right? Google does dominate. Looking at traffic over the years, looking at different clients, use Google Analytics, the free tool to track how much traffic you're getting, which I'd recommend everyone sign up for Google Analytics, track your stuff. You need to look at your data. But when I'm looking at clients over the years, I think Google probably brings like 20 to 80% of the traffic. Bing brings like 1%. Yahoo brings one percent. DuckDuckGo. But they're still, but they're still all search engines searching. What did they used to call it? Crawling your website for information. So, I think it starts with us. That that whether it's Google or Bing or Yahoo or or you know Apple, whatever Apple's. Um, I don't even search on Apple thing anymore. Um, but all of those are still searching your website. So you've got to have a content rich valuable website that is talking about your solutions and offers and your clients' problems. And you got to put it in words as well as pictures and images and videos. So that's my big aha taking away here is that, yeah, we could, we could have great search engine stuff, but it's all based on what's on our website. So put really good stuff on your website, right? Yep. Take the time and add that content, fill it up as much as possible with as much content Content, 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 content. Ever since I've been doing SEO, they've always said content is king. Like content is what Google needs to really understand this stuff. So give Google as much content as possible. So don't hold back. That's why blogging is so popular because like 10 years ago, it's kind of tough for people to like add a new page or add content to their website. So a blog was easy to give to a business owner. Be like, here, you could write a blog post and update it. And usually it's content, it's text. So it's helps the search engine to just, gives them more content to figure out more keywords to rank you for. Interesting. And, you know, you brought that up years past. It used to take a while, like you had to write it then you had to submit it to your website developer and they had to format it and put it in and, you know, it could take weeks. Right. So Google looks at freshness, right? They're looking at stuff that's posted on a regular basis. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's also why blogging was pretty popular because that's a way to update your website. Because if you don't update your website for a couple months or a year, Google's like, "Are you still in business? What's going on?" They want you know if you just add a slight little change, add a couple like add a sentence to one of your pages, that tells Google, "Okay, you're web, you're updating your website. You're still still legitimate. You're still in business for now." So keep it up. Interesting, and it's each page needs to have fresh stuff, not just the website, right? No, just one or two pages, but also sometimes okay. when you're searching in Google, it shows the date that that article or the blog post was published. 
But if mm. you go in and update your blog posts, so you could go in, I might've had a blog post over in 2013. People are gonna be like, I don't wanna read that from 2013. But if I go in there, and even if I just add a sentence, then that tells Google, oh, it's been updated on April 8th, 2022. So now it's more topical. So I'll go in your old wow. every few years and just add a little bit to it, make a couple changes. And that All helps right. Google's All record right. up to date. It's, it's not something from 2010, even though it might still be relevant, but Google's like 2013 versus 2022. We want to show some newer content. Yeah, smart. And so would it be, so when we're talking about freshness of your of your website, is it, is it better to do it like I, I post, so my podcast posts uploads every, every week and my blog on Sundays upload every week. So that's pretty fresh, right? I don't have to, it's not like social media where you got to post once or twice a day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're good. If you just post okay. it once a month, I tell people just blog once a month. You don't have to overdo it, but just keep your website updated. Just love it. Blogging once a love month. It. You don't have to do it weekly or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. I write, I write a, you know, it's an easy one to two minute read, but it's, I do it for freshness and for, for social media stuff, but, but also, you know, something's on my mind. I've worked through a problem with a client and, um, or I had a question from somebody, or this has been top of mind in the market or in the industry. And so I put it out there. And so for me, you know, once a week was, was something that helped keep me engaged as well. But, um, but yeah, glad to know I don't have to do once a week. And then those people that aren't doing it as often, monthly is, is plenty. So yeah. love this information. This is so helpful, Brandon. So, all right. Give me an idea of, um, I mean, when we talk about like those people that have sales pages and click-throughs and, you know, the things that, that, like links backs. I know I'm talking about five different topics here, but all these things, these moving parts on the website, is that helpful to Google search or is it not really necessary? No. So the most important thing is backlinks without getting other websites to talk about you. None of this stuff really matters because Google sees that you made this website. You put all these keywords on the website, but Google says, we don't trust you. We don't believe you are who you say you are because too many people have tricked Google over the years that they're just like, no, we don't. We don't really believe, we don't want to rank you and then find out that you're not who you say you are and that you're like scamming people or tricking people or like the dark web or like pharmaceuticals or all this like weird sketchy stuff. Like half the websites are picked off Google for like weird wow. stuff. Google has to really, Google looks at everyone and says, we don't trust you. We would rather rank these websites that have been around for years that we know are credible, legitimate businesses. So the way to build trust up is by getting other websites to talk about you. The more websites that talk about you, the more trust Google has, and then Google looks at the keywords on your website to figure out what to rank you for. But it doesn't work the other way around. Just putting keywords mm-hmm. on your website and blogging and all that stuff without the backlinks, it's not going to do much. Google needs those backlinks. And those are called backlinks. The more websites that link to you, the better. But you have to get quality. Now it's all about quality. In the past, if I had 100 backlinks and you had 120 backlinks, you would rank higher than me. But now mm-hmm. Google's like, it's all about the quality of the website, not the quantity of these backlinks. So a quality backlink. So backlinks. Backlinks are, are somebody else linking to my website, not me doing like, I link to your website, you link to my website. That's two links. It doesn't matter whether we, we swapped or not. It, it's just the number of links that, that referenced you. How, yeah. do, how does one do that? How does one, I mean, get, get them to do that? Or what, how do you get the relevance of saying, you know, oh, Brendan referenced Marcia's website. Um, 
how do you how do you how do you get those? It is tricky. It's not the easiest. And with the backlinks, you don't want to also do a reciprocal where I link to you and you link to me. That cancels it out. <laughs> Google is on top okay. of all this stuff. If we have like 20 people and like I link to you, you link to them, you link to them, and like right. we're still able to pick it up as like a link wheel and Google is on top of it. So you just really want other people to link to you. So you don't want to link out to other people. You want them to link to you, which like you were saying, like, how do you do that? It's kind of tough. Like, how do you get people to want to link out to you? Well, the easiest, well, the safest way is blogging. So cold, and I'm sure everyone maybe received an email from someone saying like, hey, I was reading your blog. I feel it's really useful and informative. I'd love to give you a free blog post. And in that blog post I'm giving you will be a clickable link that points to my website, but I'd be giving you an informational blog post, like seven tips on how to optimize an e-commerce landing page or something. It's never going to mention in there. It's going to be informational, but in there will be a clickable link that points back to my website. And that's the safest way because if you build the wrong type of backlinks, it's actually going to drop you. And this is where you have to be really careful. Like content is Mm. pretty easy to make sure it's original content, but backlinks, you have to be very, very careful with those because if you build the wrong type of backlinks, it's going to drop you in rank. And it goes to the porn site and then then your clients, <laughs> you know. Yep, yep. So you got to get websites that are related to you. That's the number one thing wow. with the back. Finding other related websites. That's why it's easy to blog on them. So I do SEO. No SEO company is going to link out to me because we're direct competitors. So never going to get any SEO websites, but I might be able to get an SEO blog by being like, hey, I have this blog post I wrote. Would you like to publish it on your website? And as long as it's informational or informative, non-promotional, they're usually receptive. But there's a ton of different ways to build backlinks. I would also look at your competitors' backlinks. So there's tools that I could just see everyone's backlinks. You have to pay for these tools. It's like $100 a month, but they are definitely worthwhile. They're called Moz is one, or Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S, or SEMrush. So aren't the backlinks just printed as, as go to trajectorybiz.com or, or are they kind of hidden? Like maybe it's a word and the word has a link hidden behind it. No, they weren't really, they could be like an image. So sometimes if you click on images, they could go to your website. Sometimes it'll be your company name, but then sometimes it might be keywords, which really is what you want. You want keywords in that clickable link. So Google reads, it's called the anchor text. So whatever that clickable link is, that's what Google says, okay, this is a keyword that's related to your website. So you want to put keywords in there. You also want to put your company name, but you want to have a mix of company Interesting. names and keywords. But the keywords, it's like for mine, I want to put like, SEO Los SEO company Los Angeles or SEO classes or SEO training or businesses. Yeah, I mean it's you want to just mix it up as well. Put singular wow. mix it up as much as possible for Google. Brandon, I knew we could talk for days on this conversation and go down some fantastic rabbit holes that were so valuable, whether it was just the keywords into the backlinks into the content that we put on here. And I mean, this was just a really, really fun and exciting podcast. I know that I've got a list of ideas going, ooh, you know, I need to do that too. But you know what? I know that that's not, I'm busy helping my clients. I'm busy doing my podcast and writing blogs. How does one get this done if they shouldn't be doing it themselves? And where can listeners find out more about you? Yeah, if they need help with it, I create, well, for everyone that listened today or is watching, thanks for coming out. And I made a special gift for everyone. So if you go to my website, it's seooptimizers.com forward slash gift. That's S-O-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com forward slash gift. And all the information is there and they can figure out how to get in touch with me if they need help with that. And 
I say, just keep working on it with SEO. It's not immediate. A lot of people get discouraged, but it's a long-term play where you'll see that slow growth over time. But over time, it's just going to keep increasing, increasing, and you're getting more free traffic. Exponential. Yep. It just adds up. So don't give up. Keep working at that SEO. Don't think it's not working. It takes time. Unfortunately, it's not immediate. That's why a lot of people run the paid ads because that's how you get that traffic immediately. But SEO, just keep working at it and you'll see over time that traffic coming in. And I love that. It's super important to have a mix of things. One thing isn't the only thing that's going to work, but if you can get a free thing, right? Like keywords and having that SEO research done um, properly for your for your site and having the Google and, and all the search engines find you, duh, that's, that's like a no-brainer that that should be absolutely part of your marketing plan. So Brandon, thank you so much for coming on. We really, really appreciate this. And listeners, I hope you found an idea or two or five or 10 that you can put into your business so that you can get more free traffic and be more profitable. And don't forget, now more than ever, it's important to build your business like you want to sell it. Don't forget to register for my new free 15-minute training on how to get your business sale ready, even if you aren't thinking of selling it yet. There are tons of benefits to having a sale-ready business. Go register for free at scale2sell.biz. You don't want to miss this class. And we'd love to hear your questions. Um, tell us what your keyword, your biggest keyword was that you put into your business or onto your website that's just helped you out, you know, getting you new clients. So go ahead and put that in the comments. Um, Brandon and I will, will respond to them. And we'd love to hear your, your ideas that you've had. And then don't forget to subscribe and uh, get on the podcast here. We'd love to have you. So don't forget to catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. We're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks for having me on.